Welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. The death of Stalin. Well, before we start, I just kind of want to say how outraged I was by the projection. Okay, let's... I mean, let's... Yeah. I've calmed down a bit now. Yeah, you might be surprised to see, but I have calmed down. But I was incandescent. I mean, the first 15 minutes of the film were out of focus. You know, we screamed out, no response. There was clearly no projector at all on, on, on in the booth. You know, then you went down. Well, I went down before even the first shot of the film. Yeah. Because I'd seen it because it was out of focus in the, in the trailers and everything. Then nothing was done. Then I went down and they said they would restart the film, which is what they should have done. And then for five minutes afterwards, stewing in the seat, like really just kind of completely enraged. I mean, I couldn't focus on the film because I was just so enraged by 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 such little care you know for what they were showing yes. really uh so and the waste of all the customers time you know it's not easy to get to the cinema it's expensive and they're not even like showing it in focus and then once they realize that it's not in focus they don't even restart the film so you feel what the fuck have you purchased then and why don't they care right and this is at a time when everyone's saying oh cinemas you know they're losing they're losing customers people are losing the habit of going to the movies well no fucking wonder i mean it, it's just out, out, outrageous really so anyway there's my rant but i think it also has it also has a, a bit of repercussions because you know how can you talk about a film in which you've missed the first 15 minutes and actually something delicate like a comedy right which which you know it has to set up a tone you you yeah where you, how do you go into the, you know this this mood for comedy when you've been incandescent with rage for fifteen minutes? <laughs> That's the, that was my challenge, right? So perhaps kind of credit to the film that you know the rest of what we saw actually won you over instantly. It's really great. I hope fucking Cineworld hears this. It was Cineworld Birmingham Broad Street 1250 screening. 1210. <laughs> 1210. <laughs> okay, that's out of the way now. Let's talk about the film. Okay, so... We saw The Death of Stalin, eventually, uh, which is an Armando Inucci film. Right. Which I was looking forward to. It seemed to come out of sort of nowhere because I was expecting... I'd heard after, uh, you know, he'd done The Thick of It, he'd done In The Loop, and he'd done Veep. And I heard the next thing he was working on was going to be this um, robot comedy where robots have uh, AI has advanced to the point where um, it's intelligent enough to take over the world mm. but but robot bodies are still you know terrible like now they fall over and stuff and yet they decide that now is the time to strike mm. that's what I'd heard the next film was going to be which is a great idea then this Death of Stalin comes out of nowhere so it's this comedy based on uh, the Death of Stalin in was it 1953? Yes um, and and kind of all the politicians who surround him Arguing, scrambling for power, making deals, and yeah. and it it follows very much his uh, very uh, the thick of it and in the loop and veep style of filmmaking, which is um, handheld, uh, snatched conversations, people talking over each other. I imagine there's a good degree of improvisation like there is in the other projects. Um, so yeah, what do you think? Well, you know what I mean. As I said, you know, once I calm down. Um, I think it's extraordinary, right? First of all, it's so witty, right, to A, do it as a comedy, and B, um, to kind of maintain a particular kind of 
tone amongst all I mean there's there's great comedians there's great comic actors right uh, uh, Steve Buscemi Simon Russell Beale uh, um, and a lot of other a lot of others that I can't recall the names right now um, but to maintain oh, I can list them up for you if you like yeah, Jeffrey list, Tambor list Michael Palin Paddy Considine Paul Whitehouse full of them fantastic cast right uh, and it's all done with like a, a very light touch, really, you know. So on the one hand, you have this subject matter, which is really kind of grotesque, right? Um, and on the other hand, you know, it's done with like this incredible, ironic kind of, you know, touch that makes everything seem funny. And it's funny not only in terms of dialogue, but actually in terms of performance and also in terms of camera. Like, you know, this is this is a real interesting case in terms of you know what you were saying a few days ago about you know how the differences between american comedy and you know, yeah the american comedy has lost was i saying this I don't yeah know. well I, I wasn't talking about american comedy the other day uh this is someone else you're thinking of no no i'm thinking of you really yes you you were talking about you know all those pineapple express films and films like that which you know they're all improvised and kind of they you know they all depend on you know particular lines to be funny and actually particularly improv lines usually and i think i have well i don't think i was talking about this recently but i have talked about that kind of thing before yes there's just not well what you get okay, so films, let me ask you what is you know what is your theory <laughs> but it's not a theory so much. It's like, and it's, i'm not the, i'm not the only person to say this but the, those films rely heavily i remember when they made um it may have been anchorman it was it was one of the judd apatow films yes. in the in the sort of mid 2000s uh, and they bragged, Judd Apatow bragged about how they shot a million feet of film. Yes. Which is, like, that's that's kind of three-hour-long drama sort of mm. territory. You know, that's a, that's a good deal of film to shoot. You don't shoot that on a comedy. Mm. And and what he was bragging about was we we just, we were so full of ideas and we were improvising so much. And, and it's, what you get in, in the film is lightly edited improvisation. That's not, that's not my phrase. That's a phrase by Tony Joe who makes a, Mm. A YouTube series called Every Frame Painting is great. Lightly edged improv, which is there's no there's no cinematic technique in it because you just have to keep filming in a kind of very general way mm. until someone says something funny. Um, so you don't get kind of camera jokes you, you, or visual gags. You, um, it's it's all based on the the dialogue. Um, people coming up with a funny line, which they do, but it's like you end up with this kind of half a film. Mm. And there's a, there's there is a certain element of that in Armando Iannucci's stuff as well because they, they they heavily improvise a lot of it and a lot of it is about kind of uh, just trying to fit in the cameras around mm. the performers and snatching um, uh, kind of snatching the, the shots where they can but um, they are more planned than that they do they work harder on it they do actually build a script out of what they make this um, is a lot of visual gags there are like visual really gags really brilliant this. ones actually. And, and this is and this film in particular is actually more I'd say kind of visually designed or visually prepared than his other stuff, which is, um, I mean, the thick of it and in the loop and Veep are all set in offices, basically. Mm. They're set in offices and they're kind of reasonably bland, sort of quite simple um, uh, sets for the most part. Uh, in this, mm. you know, it's a period uh, film, mm. amongst other things. So they've had to put an awful lot of work into... Uh, into designing these sets and costumes and everything, and and so there's there's an element of visual design which is more hmm. sort of I don't know prepared maybe. It's not just period; it's almost 
iconographically so, right? Like, you know, people would be familiar with these image, images, with the parades for the Kremlin, you know, with the, uh, you know, um, the, the look of Moscow or, you know, the look of the Central Committee overlooking those huge parades of tanks, right? Like, you know, even even if you're not old enough to have seen the newspapers of the period or whatever, you, you've seen that kind of imagery, like through films and so on. It's iconographic. So, it, you know, it has to be reproduced. And I think one of the one of the things that the film should be credited for is to reproduce it so economically and kind of in such a funny manner. Yeah, like it does kind of make make jokes of the whole thing, really. Yeah. And who knows? Oh, actually, who knows what the budget is? I wonder if there's any information on that. Um, but uh, it looks fantastic. It looks um, fantastic. It looks incredibly fantastic and convincing, no matter how much money they're spending. I, I don't know. But um, uh, I mean, there are certain shots as well there because it's not just. Although it is, it does. Uh, a lot of it is set in meeting rooms and offices and that sort of thing. Still, with you know just a bunch of characters in the scenes, sort mm. of standing around. Um, there are there are these uh, scenes where. It, there are more orchestrated scenes where, where they've had, looks like thousands of extras, mm. you know, sort of all mourning the death of Stalin or um, uh, climbing off trains and getting shot. Like that's, you know, that's yes. not, no, that's proper filmmaking, <laughs> yes. if, if you like. <laughs> yes, I think um, I kind of, I mean, there's a couple of things that I, I want to say that in a way, well, one, one is around the film. So following on from The Snowman from last week, one of the things that I noticed that I find interesting is again to me this is an example of of a kind of a european film yeah it's kind of it's based on a comic book it's made with uh, belgian french uk money mm. yeah the cast is largely uk with a couple of um american, american semi-stars yeah rupert friend who's wonderful he's english Oh, is he English? Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. So only Steve Buscemi and... <laughs> Jeffrey Tambor. And Jeffrey Tambor from Transparent, who's, who's wonderful. Uh, 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 you know, uh, uh, American actors brought in. And they melt very, you know, incredibly well, actually, with, uh, with the rest of yeah. the cast. Well, what it, does, what it does that is the same as The Snowman is it sets a film in a non-English-speaking country yes. and then just has them speaking English. Yes. So, yeah, that's just... You just buy it. You go, yeah. these guys are Russian, but they're all speaking English. Yes. Um, the other thing that I wanted to kind of pick on really is, you know, the, the, the theme subject matter, because in a way what it takes is this, um, historical incident and then it kind of, it shows the cravenness, the cowardice, you know, the search for power, the willingness to do everything to kind of maintain power, the disregard for life and ideas the and competition structures the competitiveness yeah and actually i think kind of in a way it lends itself very very easily to read a contemporary situation in both britain you know and the us where you have all of these cowardly craven politicians saying things they don't believe acting on things that they don't believe you know merely as a way of maintaining power and kind of elucidates that through laughter. How familiar are you with Armando Nucci's other work in Not the past at all. ten or fifteen years? Because um, I watched I watched about a season and a half of Veep, um, but the, in the loop is the same thing. It's about this crazy rush to war where no one really knows what they're doing, and it's just mm. ad hoc and mm. people fighting each other. And, uh, and the thick of it is full of it. I mean, 
Thick of it is you, you've got to watch it. It's amazing. I've seen all of Veep, so if he's done that, I have seen Veep. Well, yeah. That, yeah. So um, I, I think he left Veep a season or two ago, but the right. first couple of seasons were, were him. Um, and also he set up the, the tone and the style and everything. But basically, the, the, the common thread that runs through it all is that dis, um, despite what, you, what they try and show you on the surface, uh, politics underneath is everything that you said. It's competitive and it's craven and it's unplanned and people don't really know what they're doing. Um, and I think that this is this film is uh, maybe the kind of the furthest extension of that because you kind of know that British and American politics are you know ad hoc and improvised and people are constantly sort of making fucking things up basically you kind of know that about modern British and American politics but the way that um, uh, a regime like the USSR hmm. Uh, presented itself or tried to present itself was as this monolith this mm. block that would, everything was perfect and not perfect but they kind of you know it, it was this kind of immovable block of power and mm. you couldn't uh, there were no problems everyone thought the same thing there, there are references in the film to this kind of Michael Palin's character Molotov in particular um, talks about what Stalin would have wanted mm. everyone working together in the committee and so on that's how it tried to present itself and so to show uh the Stalinist regime and the people behind it, in exactly the same way mm. that he that he presents um, modern US and UK politicians, it, it kind of everyone just ends up being the same. This is the, this is a continuation of the same themes. Nothing is planned really. Everyone is just trying to fight for their own power mm. and selfishness. Uh, the bit with Michael Palin where he gives that speech that you're referring to is a tour de force because he begins kind of the speech. And then they all agree with him. And then he says the contrary. And, you know, they all back off from agreeing. What is the stronger thing to do? This would be the strongest thing to do. And so everyone kind of puts their hands up to agree to vote with him. And then he goes, but this would be even stronger. They put yes. their hands up. And he keeps on going back and forth and back and forth. He's like, no, but this would be stronger. And yeah. they're like, I don't know. I don't know what to agree with now. Yes, and he gets a laugh out of each... The film gets a laugh out of each He's moment, He's fantastic, Palin, in Yeah. This. He hasn't been so, anything for a while, and it's just it's so good to see him again. I think everyone's fantastic in this. I loved Andrea Risebro, yeah? Um, Stalin's daughter. Oh, yeah, and, yes. Uh, yes. You know, she's... she's Svetlana. She, she's very good, and she's very funny. Um, I love Rupert Friend in this. Simon Russell Beale is like a tour de force, I think, of, of acting. Like he's he's very light. He kind of you know does the most extraordinary things. He makes he makes a joke out of you know just intonation, right? So yeah. when he repeats the the stuttering of the guard, right? Yeah, you know. But his uh, character it also helps that his character is sarcastic and taking yes. the piss out of everybody, so it helps him to get laughs. Yes, it's in his character's nature. Yeah, but the actor gets them. I mean, he's yes. brilliant, really. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, you know, I, I, it, it's it is uh, 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 something to see. You know this incredible group of actors kind of working on this material. It's kind of, it's just. I mean, it, it is in some respects it is it is the best version of that kind of Judd Apatow type of filmmaking. Because which is not to say that it's very much like those films, but in terms of it's nothing like those films. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but, but but in in the most basic sense, it is it is a case of getting a group of actors in a scene and mm. just having them play off each other yes. and not doing very much with the camera to accentuate that. There are moments where. It, it makes uh, visual gags and uses the camera and so on and set and, and that sort of thing to make gags. But a lot of the time it is still just people in a room talking. Yes. And it is a joy just to watch these people doing such a great job, one interacting the, so one, freely. 
when Jason Isaacs comes in and just starts fucking taking the piss out of everyone and and being aggressive and from yes. Yorkshire, fantastic. Yeah, just you know, he, he steals every scene he's in. Um, I think one of the things that's worth pointing out is that often those scenes uh, are kept in kind of medium long shots. So actually, that you do see all of the characters, all of the actors. Uh, interacting with each other yes. as they play those characters. It right? doesn't shortchange it. Yeah, it so, shows you what you want to see, and it's yeah. just very pleasant. Yeah, you know, sort of to see it. So you know, a very witty, very sophisticated, and I think uh, a very pointed uh, uh, film, which is a critique not only of the historical events depicted, but actually a very sharp critique of the world we live in now. Go on. That's all I wanted to say. Well, how does it critique the world that we live in now? Well, by, um, but you know, by kind of drawing parallels with what the film is depicting. I mean, it is kind of extraordinary that nobody believes anything, right? And that would be bad enough, right? But nobody believes anything in a very murderous way. They think nothing of, you know, shooting people left and right. Actually, every time that there's a shift in power, all of these people die just by kind of being associated with the previous ones, mm. right? So, you know, everyone's out for themselves. They just don't want to be caught, right? They're willing to do anything not to be caught and to maintain their position and to rise, right? So kind of when you, when you look at, you know, what the current government is doing, which actually was described just in The Guardian, you know, as a bunch of public schoolboys, you know, having an argument and bringing the nation to the brink, you know, as a result of their own individual pursuit of power, you can see the parallels with, with this, you know, very easily. I think that's very true. Um, what I would say is actually in that respect, I think it has, I, on the one hand, you could say it has something in common. On the other hand, you could say that it's retreading the same ground as Iannucci's previous work, because if you, particularly if you're watching The Loop, which you must do, and I'll show mm. you, um, that film is about, as I said, this this kind of mad march war. It's essentially about um, the march to war in Iraq, although it's not said as such. No one plays a real real person mm. in it. Uh, so it's all fictional. But um, it's essentially about how these two countries, the US and the UK, end up going to war essentially over nothing, mm. over a kind of a misstatement and just, you know, kind of conflicting personalities and so on and so forth. Um in that respect, the death of Stalin uh, really does kind of tread the same ground. It it, it says very much the same things, um, which I, I I guess I was slightly disappointed by. I think not. I mean, I didn't know what to expect from it because I didn't. I had no idea. I just mm. I'd heard he just he made the film about the death of Stalin. Brilliant. I'm going to go see it because I love Ahmed mm. Um I did, it wasn't it wasn't a laugh riot. Um, it, it's not his funniest film. It's not his funniest piece of work. I found it very funny. It's it's it has it has its dramatic moments, and there there is more there's more darkness behind it because uh, people die, hmm. um, uh, and people can die sort of at any moment, um, which is not something that happens hmm. uh, in 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 his. The other film world. is full of threat. Yes, right. People are being viciously tortured. You know, people are being like uh, sexually abused. There's a, a shot of the girl in a cage. Yes, or in a prison cell. Um, yes, and. Um, What's his name? Beria, Simon Russell Beale's character. Mm. Uh, there's there's a there's a, a bottle of wine and a couple of glasses, and he brings her flowers, and mm. it's like the most twisted version yes. of something romantic. Yes, exactly. So it's all played for laughs. It, you know, it's it's not meant to scare you and so on. But that you know, it's, the the threat is it's a, it's the comedy's coming from a dark place. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so and it's done very lightly. 
but the darkness is there, which I think is actually one of the things that the film is really quite brilliant at doing. It does have a, a very uh, precise command of tone, mm. um, but it, like I say, it, it's just it, it's not afraid to um, become quite dark uh, in a way that, as I say, I, I think it, a way that is about as dark as our, as Inichi's work has been before, um, it, okay. because there are times where it, it does forego jokes. I mean, in his previous work, like I say, in the loop, everything, absolutely everything, was a joke. Okay, so there are, the... there are times in this where there are, where the jokes are forgone. Uh huh. Like mentioned. Well, like, well, for instance, like where, um, like when Beria goes to visit the girl in the cell, like that, that, that was put in not to be funny. It's yes. kind of, it's kind of darkly funny, the, the way that the way it's set up that he brings flowers, but it's kind of, it's ironic. It's mm. not, it's not going to get a laugh out of you. It's, mm. it's grim as mm. hell. Um. And and I suppose, um, like I say, the way that um, the way that, as you say, threat is around every corner and, and death death shows up at every time. Like the way that people die in it is not always played for laughs. It's not not to say that it's necessarily played for drama all the time, but it's not um, it's not entirely light-hearted. Mm. I think that people. What I thought was a, a it takes this subject matter seriously enough. Mm. It's not flippant, you know what I mean. Mm. Um, one of the things that I thought was so resonant of today, you know, and particularly the the, the 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 Trump presidency, was how everything is fake news. Everything there are no facts. Everything is relative. People are willing to change their opinions on a dime, yes. right? Like you know, whoever's in power, it's like you're willing to think whatever they say, you know, in order like not well. There's fear as well in order a not to be shot and b you know to get more power. Uh, there was a particularly resonant scene where Mo- is it Molotov, Michael Palin, the Ma- Michael uh, Palin character, yes, where his wife is so Stalin dies, his wife is returned to him, you know, uh, from prison, very battered, and obviously after, like, many years of torture. Uh, and she arrives home, and, you know, he doesn't know quite how to receive her, right? Like, so what has changed? Well, what the, what the, should he think now? The, 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 moments, <laughs> the moments before she's returned to him, he and um, Steve Buscemi, Khrushchev, uh, have been talking to each other about how uh, how pleased they are that she's dead and she was betraying the party and mm. so on and so forth. And then she comes back in the room and it all changes. And yes. They don't quite know what they're meant to say now. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, um, so... And it's all under the watchful eye of Beria. That's right. You know, so... Who's kind of in charge at this point, really. That's right. So kind of every conversation becomes loaded, every use of word becomes loaded, and it becomes loaded because nothing is anchored, right? Everything mm. is relative, you know, and everything is and everything can bend in relation to power. There is no truth. There's just power. Okay. Any last words? Um. Hmm. Any last words? I. I mean, I'm slightly disappointed that it wasn't as funny as I as I as it's pretty. I mean, well, all I can remember is when I went to see In the Loop at the Warwick Art Center mm. that came out in 2009. Um, with a, that was with a full audience, and I've never been in a cinema that laughed so much. Um, that wasn't the case with this. There were laughs around the cinema, but it wasn't that full, and um, it's not as funny a film. Ah. Um, but that's just one of those things, you know? I mean, it's a different type of film. I think it's uh, brilliant. It is. Um, it is very good. I mean, I think it's daring. You know, I think the subject matter is very daring, really. Um, I think it's brilliantly done. I think it's an extraordinary achievement. 
you know, in terms of the maintenance of that particular tone, which is both dark and cutting and funny and made possible by, you know, some of the finest actors in the English language, you know, uh, 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 conveying and maintaining this, this ironic tone that permits them to get laughs out of this very dark material. I think it's a real, it's an incredible tour de force of a film. Uh, and I do think it's very funny. I mean, obviously I can't compare whether it's funny or not funny, no, sure. or, you know, and, and so many of those things, you know, depend on so many factors, but I think on its own, it's a tour de force. No, fair enough. I mean, that's sort of big, big words. Mm. I, I think it, I mean, yeah. Tour de force for me would be putting it quite strongly, but I think it's, um, it's, it's a sort of uncommonly good and it's, it, I suppose there's like there's no way that any scene could sort of be improved. Like it is the most perfect version of itself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no flaws. Okay. Right. So. No, but you're so English and measured. Two of the force is quite strong, but you know no, nothing could I mean, be improved. But but also what I'm getting at is that I wasn't kind of rolling around with laughter, um, you know, which. But then who knows whether you should be or not. I mean, yes. all, well, I mean, to be fair, all I've seen on Twitter is fucking people retweeting, oh, the funniest film I've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. It's like, who, well, I, I just see. have to turn off Twitter when that happens because people just fucking say things. Ah, oh, well, <laughs> you know I, mean? I haven't. People just say, oh, it's the funniest thing ever. It's like, oh, it's not, is it? Come on. I mean, it's good. It's really good. But this isn't Airplane. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, let's leave. It's let's, good. It's a good film. Let's leave it there. I, uh, uh, I'm glad they made it, but I want to see the robot one next because he he because basically he for the last basically since 2004 or five or so hmm. um, since the thick of it started, uh, Ianucci's been doing various versions of this kind of uh, aggressive, sweary um, political comedy hmm. um, of people fucking things up and being angry at each other hmm. and so on and so forth, um, and it would be nice to see him. Take a break from that and do the do the robot thing. <laughs> okay. Well, you know what I want to do. What what this made me very much want to do. Um, actually, a it made me want to see it again because I'm so resentful of that. You know that fucking carelessness with with the focus at the beginning of the screening. Yes. And B, it very much made me want to read these comic books. Actually, I'm very eager yeah. to well, see graphic what, novel. So graphic they, novel. Yeah. They, be I want to see what material they were working with to come up with this. Actually. Uh, uh, so it's been translated from the French original La Mort du Staline. Who knows okay. what that means? Well, it's I want a dead language. <laughs> 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 okay, on that note, let's end it here. Totally good. Uh. <laughs>